You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hello, and welcome to the Sport Horse Podcast. I'm Nicole Lakin. And I'm Tim Warden. And today we have a very special guest for our episode. Um, we've been bugging him for a while, or we've at least wanted him on for, for a long time. He's a very busy guy, but we've got a uh, co-founder of our Equine High Performance Sports Group, Tim Ober, on today. Uh, as we record this, it's during the World Cup Finals in Omaha. Tim was a longtime vet for the U.S. jumping team, so we wanted to to get him on to pick his brain a little bit about what it's like to to be that team veterinarian. Uh, what is it? What are his roles and responsibilities? What's it like being in that barn every single day? And what are some of those things that he's looking out for? Um, you know, only a small percentage of riders will ever make it to a major championship. But I think everyone has goals and aspirations. And there are certain times on that calendar where you want to circle those dates and have your horse in the best position it can be to, to succeed, whether it's in competition or maybe you just want to make sure it feels good at these times. And so I think this conversation really shines a light on that and some of the things that you can look for to make sure that your horse is the best that it can be. Absolutely. And um, just to echo your comments there, Tim, uh, Dr. Ober is just a wealth of knowledge and experience. And so anytime we get to chat with him is always a pleasure. And I think you guys are really going to like this episode and this conversation. Um, so Dr. Tim Ober has been a partner at John R. Steele and Associates since 2001 with his equine sports medicine practice based in Wellington, Florida and Gordonsville, Virginia. Dr. Ober served as the show jumping team veterinarian for the United States Equestrian Federation from 2000 to 2022. During his tenure, Dr. Ober served as a senior veterinarian at numerous championships and competitions, including multiple Nations Cup competitions, World Cup finals, Pan American Games, World Championships, and Olympic Games. He also founded and serves as the charter president of the International Sport Horse Veterinarian Association. And as Tim said, he co-founded the Equine High Performance Sports Group in 2013, along with Dr. Mark Revenaugh. Hello, Dr. Ober. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have you here on the Sport Horse Podcast. Hi, Nicole and Tim. I'm happy to join you. Awesome. Well, we have a lot to talk about uh, tonight. We are recording this in the midst of the World Cup Finals in Omaha, Nebraska. So we don't yet know the outcome. You guys listening do. So just keep that in mind. But um, I, we wanted to kick this off by just asking if you could share with us a little bit about the role of a team vet for uh, a, a high-level um, sport sport horse team and how you came into the role of team vet for the U.S. show, show jumping team. Uh, well, I would say uh, the starting point was back in, um, I would say, 99, I believe, when I was working for Dr. Steele and several of his clients were uh, participating in a in a tour over the summer, a developing riders tour. And I was asked to uh, to go uh, as the team vet on, on one of these tours. And that was a great experience. I enjoyed it and um, got more involved from from that point forward. Uh, I think in 2000 was my first World Cup final in Gothenburg. I sort of thrown into the thrown into the frying pan with that one. But um, uh, I, that was sort of how we got started. And um, over the years, the, um, the, the, the team uh, sort of became more and more formal with the 
with the role of veterinarian and and um i stayed involved uh from that point uh but really the 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 experience of the young riders tour was um was fun and interesting and challenging i got to learn a lot about how these competitions work from 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 the inside and uh appreciate more as a veterinarian what the horses go through in that environment so that was really helpful to me to 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 see it um firsthand and be part of the part of the inner workings uh, in the team environment so at that stage in my career that was something i thought um i could really benefit from as far as the the role of a team vet at a championship uh champ whether it's a championship or any other team competition those are some really important shows even three star nations cup is uh, is is an important show uh because everybody's going to come together and, and do their best to um put their best foot forward and, and have their best performance on that day for themselves and for the team um uh, so there's not much difference really um other than maybe feeling a little pressure but um for the the team vet the first role really you know begins at home if if uh they're your own patients getting ready for the competition you want to make sure you've got all the bases covered uh if they're not your patients you want to have some contact with the regular veterinarian who uh knows the horse uh inside and out uh and also kind of get yourself just sort of caught up to what the special needs might be going forward in, in advance um and then you know at the show uh, sort of a daily routine uh, would start with uh getting there to the stables a little early when it's quiet if, whenever possible and just sort of walk through the barn and see the horses and make sure there's no surprises can communicate with the grooms and uh make sure everything is is um is as expected uh each day that that, that goes on there's always surprises that come up the bases need to be covered from uh, things as simple as whether they're eating their hay to making sure that uh their their chiropractic needs are met um um every day and especially uh leading up to competitions yeah and you, you touched a little bit on one point and i want to dive into it a little bit more you mentioned communication and i guess it's theoretically a bit easier if these are your patients these are your horses going over to team competition but in the case where they aren't um like how do you go about fostering an environment where people feel free to open to be open and to express that information because i think sometimes there can be some distrust in this industry right and there's maybe some hesitation sometimes to truly share information so in your role like are there certain things that you feel like you can do to to try to open up that communication or are there certain traits you look for in people that you find it it just makes it easier to to do your job and make sure that the horse is getting the best care it can in these uh, team environments yeah i think that a lot of that goes to the team structure and the team leadership i would say in the early days and in, in that position i did encounter some of that reluctance to to share for fear that uh information might keep somebody from making a team or 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 have some um inadvertent effect but i think as uh as the years went on the 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 leadership uh of the team uh the tone was very much um evolving into you know we want to do everything we can to help you be prepared you made a team you earned your spot you deserve to be here uh and our role uh uh and uh, from the team perspective is to do everything uh, that we possibly can to make sure you're 
you as the rider, uh, your needs are met, your, your caretakers needs are met and that the, as the team vet, your horses, uh, needs are met and we can, um, do everything we can to support your success rather than any of the undertone of, uh, um, if, if I let somebody know this, it might, it might jeopardize my chances going forward. So I think that that sort of mindset really shifted. Um, I, I would like to think in the first, you know, four or five years, I hope that I was involved. And I think, um, I think now that people who maybe have experienced a, a team environment or so, I hope that they understand that that's the mindset of, of, of myself and, and the other team veterinarians that we work with. And most importantly, the team leadership, which strengthened considerably over the years as the, as the USCF, uh, uh, dedicated more resources to our teams. That's definitely interesting. I think, you know, it's it's always safe to say that, you know, leadership at the top is is always going to sort of have a strong impact on those things. So it's really nice to hear that it has evolved over time, um, especially in an industry that can be <laughs> reluctant to change, but it sounds like a really, a really healthy development. Um, I want to focus in a little bit on World Cup Finals just because it is World Cup Finals week. Um, it's a, kind of a unique uh, championship in a lot of ways, but in the context of our conversation, I think what's unique about it is that the the qualifying structure for the U.S. Uh, usually results in some people doing their first championship ever. Um, it also results on results in having you know a a group of horses from both the East Coast and the West Coast of the U.S. Um, so I think it's kind of a unique atmosphere. Um, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about like what a day at the life a, a day in the life of a team vet at, at the World Cup Finals is like? I'm sure it's it's different every day and at every finals you've been to, but I don't know, just to give us a little bit of an idea. Uh, well, you're right, Nicole. The the um, circumstance of the World Cup Final is a little different. It's actually an individual competition, but each country's team sort of offers support to their athletes from that from their individual country who have, who have qualified for the World Cup final. So uh, the other element is from the North American League. I think there's nine horses and riders qualify for, you know, a group of 40. So there's, um, we tend tend to go with about nine American riders. Um, so that's a that's a relatively large group. So the dynamic is different. They're, they're competing against each other. They got there as individuals, not as, as team members, but still it creates an opportunity for, for people to experience what the team can offer to support you in the structure of a team environment. Honest, um, much of the time, uh, these riders who haven't been on a lot of teams are used to sort of fending for themselves at horse shows and don't, um, had experience with a relationship with the team vet and what the team vet might be able to offer. So uh, we try to use from the, as a team vet, I try to use that opportunity to let people know what we can do to help them without sort of invading their space, so to speak. Um, um, so we spend time doing that during a world cup final. And uh, also, you know, the environment within the barn in terms of uh following the rules and 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 uh, standards of stewarding and even the standards for the jog sometimes a little different from what they're used to at home and uh, so we try to help um, make sure everybody understands 
that and what's expected in those regards at, at a World Cup final. Um, and makes mostly just to let them know that we're we as a team as team vets are are here to be a resource to make sure your horse is in good shape eating healthy happy sound and and uh and and to share tools that we might have available to optimize those things in the, in the context of a of a competition and i guess and another thing unique to the world cup finals is I guess there are no team competitions indoors outside of World Cup finals, right? And like, because I know there used to be a bunch of Nations Cups inside, but is U.S. isn't doing any Nations Cups or any team stuff indoors anywhere else, are they? Yeah, no, not at least really. not for yeah. jumping. Yeah, correct. And yeah, it, it would be Nations Cups and uh, Nations Cups, World Championships, and World Cup finals, and Olympic Games. That's and Pan Am Games. Those are all outdoors. And so for you going to an indoor venue, which is the only one the team uh, vets are doing in a year. Is there anything that logistically makes it a bit more challenging for you? Like, are there certain things that you have to, that are, I guess, higher on your radar or tend to be issues indoors more than you see at, at any outdoor competitions or. For sure. We're always watching for respiratory issues. Most of the venues that we go to uh, these days, though, uh, that, that issue is, uh, well, to some degree or another, uh, considered at the, at the higher level of, of, of competition organization. But yes, we, we, if we've got a horse that has a, a respiratory issue, allergic airway, sensitive to dust, that sort of thing. We want to be particularly vigilant of that in an indoor environment and, uh, keeping the dust down in general and the barn aisle, uh, can become more important for some of those horses keeping the hay wet those types of things uh just a, a little more vigilant uh of um the other one of the other influences everything's a lot closer together typically in an indoor uh environment uh, as far as limitations not not so much the horses adapt so so well to 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 different circumstances when they're traveling, especially the horses that are used to it a little bit. The horses that are not so used to it, maybe sometimes um, can get a little more stressed. But um, you know, I, I would say other than those indoor factors and and working in closer quarters is not not too much different about an indoor environment. Very interesting. Um... I know it's it's definitely interesting watching, knowing that a lot of the European riders are spending their season leading up to World Cup finals primarily indoors, um, whereas the U.S. riders tend to be jumping outdoors this time of year before going to an indoor championship. But um, obviously, that is uh, you know everybody's everybody's choice and prerogative. Um, but, uh, talking a little bit about riders and choice and also grooms and managers and all the other, um, people involved in, in getting, you know, a pair to a championship, what's something that you wish that, that your riders and, and grooms and, and managers that you work with knew coming into a championship, maybe for their first time, I, I guess it would be quite different if they're coming to their you know, 20th World Cup finals versus their first. So let's start off with talking about somebody who's who's coming to their first championship ever. Yeah, I'd say, it, you know, uh, I, I guess it's a, it's a little bit uh, my job to make sure they know that, but I, I'd like them to know that the team that is there to help them. So, you know, when we walk in and, and, and say hi and 
ask how the horse is doing today. Like, you know, we're not trying to pry. We're, we're there because we're looking for stones that we can uh, overturn that might help uh, the whole week go better and, uh, and help things go as successfully as they possibly can. So, um, um, you know, if we, if we notice a horse not finishing their breakfast, for example, uh, and, that, and this has happened, uh, and try to engage a conversation about that, uh, there's no reason to be closed about it. Let's, let's figure out if we put this horse in some gastrogard, he starts eating better. Um, that's, that's an example of, of actually an example that comes up uh, not so infrequently where the stress of shipping and for whatever reason um, uh, it's, it can be perceived as normal that they're not going to, not going to eat so well. Um, and for some horses that is, but uh, sometimes uh, we can make them feel better by treating their stomach. So that's an example of just that, that communication um, can be free and open and, and it doesn't need to be guarded when we're, when we as the team vets are that are help. And if you could, so I think that most people would think that at the team vets role sort of starts the first day of the championship and it ends uh, right after the championship. But can you give people a bit of a sense of like the, the work that goes into it in, in the weeks leading up to it and sort of what your, I guess, role would be outside of those championships. So leading up to it, like, how do you factor in and like, how do you start fostering this information sharing in the weeks leading up to it? Uh, well, uh, certainly with our own clients, it's, that's pretty easy and it's a little bit different with, with, uh, with other people. I may just communicate with their vet. I may not know who their vet is, uh, may reach out and not hear back. Um, the team has gotten really good about sending information, uh, about how to, how to reach, uh, the team vet in advance and encouraging that to happen. Um, so we try to be as ready as possible. We, we show up with, uh, you know, a, a trunk that sort of mimics what might be found in the back of my work truck to some degree, um, so that we can take care of the horses, uh, uh, during that week, uh, with whatever, you know, and whatever event, uh, comes up, you know, whether it's a colic or, uh, or, or lameness or foot abscess or, stepping on a nail in the parking lot. It's happened at one World Cup final. Uh, these are all things that that we need to be a little bit ready for. So we show up prepared for that. Um, also, we travel with a team phys physical therapist and uh, Janice, her role has expanded uh, over the last 10 years quite a lot. We didn't used to have access to somebody um, uh, who could get in uh, to, the, to the details of the physical therapy. And that, that's been really, really helpful. Um, uh, as well, but these are all things that we're there and ready to do and, 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 uh, try to let that be known and try to prepare, be as prepared as we can be for whatever comes our way. Awesome. And you've, uh, you've, you held the position for quite a few years. Uh, you missed some incredible victories by the, the U S team and were involved in a lot of, uh, just incredible moments. What are some of your greatest memories, uh, from your time as the team vet for the U S jumping team? Uh, well, there's no feeling like winning an Olympic gold medal in that moment in Hong Kong when we did that was uh, was probably the the most memorable. Um, seeing an American rider win the World Cup final is also uh, very exciting. Um, McLean's win in Omaha was was uh, was something else. Um, 
as was rich with flexible back uh, back in the day um and simon with busy in gothenburg gothenburg such a great great venue for horse sport and and uh and that was that was really those are really great moments um there's so yeah that for for those moments of of winning though there's a lot of you know keeping a system in place and trying to keep it together and hope it goes your way uh um each and every day um so you know those moments only come along so often and uh you hope that you can just construct a program that allows those moments to happen as often as they can that's really i'm just i'm just thinking about all those memories and me experiencing them from home and how exciting it was so how cool that you were such a big part of all of those amazing amazing experiences um i i can't help but um think about you know the for all of the the good times you know there's there's so many uh challenges and um you know things that like lessons learned things that you you think could probably be done better and i think that that's a big part of the the work and your focus um in your practice um is there anything you know that that you've learned over your years as team vet and also in your regular practice that um you feel is you know really valuable for people to to know about in terms of just you know, managing their sport horses on a regular basis, whether they're aiming at a championship or, or just to do, you know, whatever job it is that they're they're aiming to do at their best. Well, I would say that there's a lot of opportunity to look at the way uh, certain professionals in the in the industry who have consistently contributed to championship teams and consistently produced horses at the high end of the sport. If you if you study their programs, you you can really identify certain elements of their programs that set them apart. So I think there's a lot of good role models, a lot of good resources if you do the work to observe um, uh, what's going on around you within the sport as a as a competitor um, uh, to 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 really uh, take it in and 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 adopt the strengths of some of those programs into your own and find good coaching uh, along along the way um um i think that a lot you know when people ask me um what are the common problems I think a lot of the common problems there's a lot of discussion about overtraining um but I really think that a lot of the problems that we struggle with on a on a glo- on a larger scale uh, are horses that are not quite fit enough to do what they've been asked to do, and that's where the injuries come from. Um, the horses that are more fit, and that doesn't mean they're over that they're overtrained. The horses that are more fit that spend more time moving, um, maybe not as maybe not always as intensely um, uh, at at each level at each. Uh, moment of exercise maybe they have a more intense and a less intense uh work out of the stall twice a day for example or twice a day several days a week many of those horses that spend more time moving uh become stronger and better as athletes uh, for it so you know that, that daily management um is a huge variation in this sport um you can 
be uh, with a group of of riders at a, at a big event and try to watch them ride their horses and you'll see one that's left the barn done their work and heading back to the barn before the other one who left the barn at the same time is broken into a trot and they it, it's remarkable the difference in the different in the different programs and different approaches and sometimes that person who got all the work done in the first 20 minutes actually got more accomplished than the horse that was 20 minutes walking first it's kind of interesting to see how that can go so um i think there's a lot of different programs that work but i think that you can pick out some of the more successful riders and successful programs and take some good from those if you're paying attention even as a competitor and that's another thing that some of these team events offer the opportunity for somebody to do that um maybe not that they're going to change anything during the event but to take it home with them I feel like there are a couple of really good tidbits of information there, Tim, that you uh, sprinkled in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely like a, a training theory junkie. And yeah, I think like the idea of just about like, how those training programs are built. And yeah, I completely agree with you. If you look at the people who are year in and year out and being successful, and especially as like, the type of horse is changing a little bit and like, there's a bit more blood coming into the sport now and uh, course designers are constantly innovating and you know building new new tracks that people need to figure out and like those people who year in year out can uh can answer those questions like usually like you look at their programs and like it is head and shoulders above you know the majority of whatever country they're in right so it's it is really cool to to look at that yeah, and i find that a lot of these people would are are happy to share uh their mindset their approach their knowledge with 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 uh the other riders it's remarkable to see how different riders uh come together at a, at a in a team event and support each other and help each other and and uh and, and everybody all works towards the same goal for an individual sport it's quite impressive sometimes to see how well uh different riders will work together in a team environment and even a, a world cup final environment I think that's all like really, really interesting, Tim. And I know that uh, another thing that has come out of this is, and you mentioned it a little bit, just the community that forms, right? And can you speak a little bit more about just the advantages of that, like from a, a knowledge sharing aspect and just, you know, it helps to make the the world a little bit smaller for you as well. You meet, you're meeting people from around the world. Uh, yes, at these events, uh uh there's there's veterinarians from each country that come to the team competitions and uh at the world cup final as many many veterinarians um often if they just are there with an individual competitor or or, or whatever but um the the atmosphere among the, the, they're developed sort of an atmosphere among the team veterinarians and it's become a very positive one i think over the years where uh you know a lot of us have gotten to be really true friends outside of uh the competition and um and there's a lot of comfort level among the team vets and just you know uh being around each other and sharing information about their practices you know we're not going to go talking too much about the individual horses obviously at a competition but we have the chance to spend enough time together to share philosophies share approaches and share information um with one another and and and, and sort of learn from each other and help each other in ways that we can um so that's been for me a real benefit from being a team vet and i think that's another thing too that as the u.s group 
uh, has a presence that has had a presence at the shows and, and we've sort of had more resources at times in other countries, we've been asked to help in different circumstances. And I think that's a, that's a nice thing, uh, for our country to be able to have been able to do, but I, I think now everybody's, uh, operating at a, at a, at a, at a pretty good level and the vets uh, have a great, uh, collegial sort of interaction with these competitions. I think we all believe the competition is in the ring and we just want to be good colleagues. So Inspiring. You know, I, I even watching um, the second round of the show jumping the other night, I think it was um, uh, Victoria Gullickson, I think said that your Verling came up to her and said, having a one good day here is a huge success. So just ride each day. And obviously she ended up having a, an amazing second night. So um you know, it's it's really cool to hear that kind of thing, and um, of course, when you when you when you come come down to it, this isn't an individual sport; it's a team sport. Whether you're looking at the horse and rider or the many many people around them that are required to make it all happen, so very very cool to hear all of that um, wisdom and experience from you. I think it's a nice place for us to leave it, but we do have one final question that we ask all of our guests. Um, and that's if you could talk directly to a horse and they could truly understand you, what would you want to tell them? Oh, I, I would just tell them to tell me where it hurts to make my job. easier. <laughs> that would be too easy. I think. <laughs> maybe, maybe sometimes it's better. They say nothing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Happy to be here. Thank you. Those are, I, I always really enjoy the discussions with Tim. Um, we're recording this a little bit later in the evening. Uh, he had a full day of work uh, down at Wellington. And despite all of that, it, it's always fascinating to see someone who lights up so much and is so energized talking about different topics. And I think for Tim, like just talking about, you know, sport horse health and, and medicine is for sure, like top of mind, but you get him talking about the team stuff and you just see, uh, a little bit more twinkle in the eye and he he absolutely loves it. He was in in it for 22 years and you see that he's still as enthusiastic today as he was uh, probably when he started. And so I think that that's, it, it's always really, really interesting to have those conversations because I think that's what sport is all about. He talks about, you know, how meaningful it was to be in Hong Kong when, when the U.S. won gold or, or some of the different riders over the years who achieved such amazing in, uh, individual success as well. Uh, obviously, a, a number of Nations Cups wins. Uh, additionally, so, yeah, just like hearing all of that, like how he approached the sport, the relationships that form, I think that those are all really important messages, I think, especially for, for younger uh, listeners out there. Like, that's what sport should be. It's not, uh, you know, just trying to win like these smaller competitions every single day. It's to think about the bigger picture and to really prioritize like managing horses well, managing relationships around you, learning to be a communicator. Um, and then once you take care of all those components, that's when the major success will happen. Uh, so I think really good messages from Tim. I learned a lot from that conversation. Yeah, I have to say I, I've i gotten to work with Dr. Ober. Um, for a long time and and also gotten to know gotten to know him as both a friend and a colleague and as a veterinarian and um still with all that experience and time to hear him talk about his role 
um, as the U.S. team vet was really fascinating and and just you know it, it's refreshing. I think um, he's incredibly passionate, and I think that makes him good at what he does. Um, but I was really uh, pleased to hear about you know, the opportunities for the riders, you know, sort of coming onto the scene for the first time and, and stepping up into a new level and, and hearing how the structure of the team has evolved to provide support that wasn't there before. And hopefully, you know, education and, and resources that people probably don't even know about until they, until they need them until it's too late. Um, so that was really cool to hear. And we just are so grateful um, to be able to to learn, and it'll be uh, a nice perspective to have when we go to watch tomorrow's show jumping final and um, catch a glimpse of those team vets uh, watching in the booth just outside of the ring and being one of the first people to meet the horses as they leave the ring. Um, it'll just be like a, a nice, fun perspective to have. So, with that, um, we're going to wrap up today's episode. I managed to keep myself from getting confused with two Tims here on the podcast. So I think that that is something worth celebrating. Um, You can celebrate with me by going and liking and following the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find the links to today's guests and the show notes at www.sporthorsepodcast.com. After you follow us in your podcast app, go on Instagram and Facebook and follow us there as well at Sport Horse Series. You can also have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to the App Store and search Horse Radio Network. And here's to keeping your sport horse happy and healthy. Happy.